to Godcast, where we cast the light of God into a dark world. My name is Amy Myers, and I share insights and discoveries that God gives to me as a way to bring light into your day and into any dark places that you might be experiencing. So today I'm going to share a passage of scripture, and as I've mentioned before, sometimes God will give me an image that guides me to more parts of the Bible, and sometimes he just directs me to certain scripture passages today. What happened was interesting. I just opened up my Bible. Sometimes I do that, and I'll open them to a verse, and I will start reading and see if God has anything to say today. And I opened up to Isaiah 42, but then I got distracted and interrupted, so I closed my Bible, and I came back later, and immediately I opened up to the exact same part of my Bible. So I kept reading, and I was pleased to see what God wanted to show me today about Isaiah 42, because I've read this passage before at the early part because it tends to be one that people point to the coming of Jesus Christ as one of the prophecies of Jesus. I've also studied Isaiah 43, which is also a beautiful passage, but today Isaiah 42 is a beautiful passage and I wanted to share a couple of insights that God gave to me and how he connected it to other parts of scripture, but also to how I, we can be encouraged and have light in our day as we walk in our each and every day, knowing that God is with us. So the main parts that he pulled out of this for me that he directed me toward was that he is creator God, that he is active in our lives every day and throughout history. He also guides us in our days and toward helping others. There's another reminder that not only is God the creator God, but God is the only God and there is no one like him. And that he will declare a new thing in our life, but will also tell us about it. So I'm excited to see and pull apart these little bitty pieces for you. It's only a few verses that we're going to go through, mostly Isaiah 42, verses 5 through 9, and then I will pick up on little pieces in between and, and after to give us um, a little bit more information. So if you want to get out your Bibles, you can. If not, I will read some passages for you. So to begin, as I said, Creator God. In Isaiah, he's a prophet of God, and you'll probably hear me reference him often because he just has so many beautiful stories and imagery and um, insights into who God really is. And I think it's really important to know who God is since so many of us maybe grow up in a life where we think God is a certain way based on what other people tell us about him. And it's really important to begin to experience who God is for real and not just what people say. And reading through the scriptures, we get a glimpse of it. And then we can turn to see that same character of God happening in our day. That's why I like to tie the two together because we can identify things in our day based on what he's already shown us about who he is. It's almost like his resume or his uh, way that we can understand who he is, what he's done, and what kinds of things uh, we can identify him with. So today in Isaiah 42, starting in verse 5, we're just going to start with this one. Thus says God the Lord, who created the heavens and stretched them out, who spread out the earth and what comes from it, who gives breath to the people on it and spirit to those who walk in it. I'm stopping right here because this is the part about God being our creator. He created the heavens and stretched them out. So this is a descriptive way of understanding. He's just pulled them out. The strength of God has just pulled out and created the heavens. In some of our previous broadcasts, we talked about how just the finger of God allowed the lights of the skies to be born, to be 
established with just his fingers, not even his hands or his whole arm. This is similar. In this way, he's, he's stretched out the heavens. He's also spread out the earth and what comes from it. So he spread out the earth. He created all that is in it, but what comes from it? That means things are still coming from it. So when we plant a seed, it grows. And we see the change of the season every year. Those are evidence and illustrations of how God also put those things in place. What comes from it? What comes up from it? God also describes himself as the creator, as the one who gives breath to the people. So he gives breath to every single person who has ever walked on this earth. Every human, he gives breath to us. He gives us life, just as he breathed into Adam to cause him to come to life. He gives us breath. He also gives us a spirit, and a spirit to those who walk in it. So those of us who walk on the earth have a spirit in us. So he's identifying for us there's something more than just this body something more than just this skin and all of our organs and the parts that make up that physical being. There's something more to us. We have breath that he's given us and a spirit that he's given us. So there's a part of us that lives beyond these human body times and however long we get to walk upon this earth. So I wanted you to see as God is creator and he's got different aspects of who he is, how he's created, and how personally he's involved. So he's involved in creating the world, but he's also involved in keeping it going, as well as creating people along the way. And then we learn a little bit more. So in verse 6, we get to the personal side of God. This is how we see that he's really active in our lives. God says, I am the Lord. I have called you in righteousness. I will take you by the hand and keep you. I will give you as a covenant for people a light for the nations. So this part, he's saying he is God and he's called you. He is holy and he's called you to himself. He's called you in his righteousness. And he's called us to be drawn toward his righteousness. And he says, I take you by the hand. Isn't that a beautiful picture? Can you imagine right now the Lord God just on his throne in heaven, perhaps, or maybe you can imagine Jesus as he walked on the earth, however you might imagine him. And he holds out his hand, gently, kindly, welcoming, inviting you. And he says, I take you by the hand. He gently guides you as if you're going to turn and then walk on a path together. And he's going to keep you, meaning he's going to keep you safe. He's going to be with you. He's going to care for you. He's going to guide you. He's going to walk along with you. It's just a beautiful image to imagine that God is going to take you by the hand and keep you, to comfort you and care for you. And this is in the time of Isaiah, but God describes and behaves similarly as you saw Jesus also do the same thing. He did it for Peter and his disciples, and he also did it for others that he healed. Jesus does the same thing because Jesus is God on earth. So we see this is the nature of who God is. He calls to you and he takes you and guides you in this loving way. And the next section that I wanted to address with this is that we can see how God turns us also. He says, I will give you as a covenant for the people and a light for the nations. That means he takes us and guides us, but he also takes us to a place to be a light for the nations. Again, previously I've talked about how God is 
light and he talks about the light of God and he talks about how Jesus was the light of God as well but that he also put the light in the skies. There are various forms of light with all of its great goodness, but in here we see another form of light. You, you, the one that God gave breath to, the one in whom he put his spirit, he gives light to you, and he wants us to give that light to nations. I want to tie this back a little bit to what people call the great commandment, and Jesus mentions this three times in the Gospels, in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. It's a similar situation, but it's, so it's worded slightly differently in each recording. But Jesus says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And the second is this, You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. We call them the great commandment because it tells us to love God with our whole heart and as much of us as we could possibly give, but then also to love other people and to love ourselves as God created us. This is important because it tells us about God. He wants us to know that we are loved by him and to love him. So when he takes our hand, we walk with him and we discover how much he loves us. That's what we do when we give him and love him with our whole heart. But also, he protects us and keeps us, so he guards us in his love. He, when we're in his love, as I talked about abiding with him, when we're in his love, it's a place of protection. But in turn, and in response to that, it changes us. And because it changes us, we become the light for the nations. We are able to love our neighbors. We're able to turn and give the light of God, the love of God, to others. And that's what this passage describes as well. So what they're talking about in the Great Commandment is also glimpsed here in Isaiah 42. So he wants us to be a light to all nations. And some aspects that are tied back again to Jesus, because this next part, we're going to talk about what does it mean when we go to the nations? What is it that God wants to do in the nations? God says in verse 7, Isaiah 42, verse 7, to open the eyes of those that are blind, to bring out the prisoners from the dungeon, from the prison, where those who sit in darkness. So he wants to free the blind. He wants to free the prisoners from the dungeons and those who are sitting in the prisoners, prisons and there's darkness there. So these descriptions, interestingly enough, are also found in Isaiah 61. And Jesus quotes them in Luke 4 when he's describing the whole purpose of his ministry. And the first time he stands up in the synagogue and he declares after he's been in the desert with the devil tempting him and after he's been baptized, he comes and he declares, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor and he has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight of the blind and to set at liberty those who are oppressed and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Jesus spoke those words, but he was reading from Isaiah 61 and declaring it for himself. Some of the other descriptions in Isaiah 61 is that God wants to heal the brokenhearted. He wants to comfort those who mourn. He wants to bring beauty instead of the ashes that you may be experiencing. He wants to bring gladness instead of mourning and praise instead of weariness. So God wants to do all of these things, and Jesus connects Isaiah 61, that that's his whole reason for coming, 
because he wants to comfort us. And now we see here that it's also in Isaiah 42. See, God wants to open the eyes of the blind, bring out the prisoners from the dungeon, the dirty, grimy dungeon, and the prison of those who sit in darkness. So these can be physical things, but imagine them in a symbolic, metaphorical way. Those of us who have been blind to the truth or blind to the goodness of God, we talked previously about the blindness that can happen when we can't see who God truly is. Or those who are in the dungeon, they're trapped by things that have happened to them or sins that have been put upon them for generations. They're trapped in this dungeon and they're broken and they're hurt and they're wounded. Or perhaps they're inflicted by wounds or inflicted by sickness and disease or they've been oppressed in their situation. But they're sitting in darkness. Darkness is hard. It is unkind. It is hurtful. It is oppressive. It is causes despair. That's the situation that God is saying he wants to change in Isaiah 42. And he's declaring it again when Jesus describes that's why he's there. And I love this, but he doesn't do this all on our own. Because God also then says, I want to keep going a little bit and I'll link this together to how we're going to respond. And I just, I hope that you're tracking with me that God is the creator. He's active in our lives and he guides us and wants us to love him and then begin to help others. But he also wants to rescue others, but he also wants to rescue us. And God says again, I am the Lord. That is my name, my glory I give to no other. So God is declaring dramatically, just like he said, I created the heavens and the earth. He's also saying, I am God. There's no one like me. No one can do what I can do. And one thing that he does do is that he was active in the lives of his people throughout history. He's also active in our lives today. And we know this because when Jesus left, he said something. As he was about to leave, he said, even the spirit of truth, the world cannot receive him because it doesn't see him or know him, but you know him. For he dwells in you and will be with you. I will not leave you as orphans. This is Jesus talking. Jesus says, I will come to you. And he describes further, in that day you will know that I am in the Father and you in me and I in you. So what's he saying here? He's tying the commandments that I have just described about love God, love others, and love yourself. That's his command. He wants us to keep that. But he's saying that the spirit of truth is going to come and live in us. God also describes, Jesus also describes that when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide us into all truth. And whatever he speaks, he will declare to you the things that are to come. Again, this is what Jesus is saying. He was here. He came to rescue and guard and protect us and to free the captives and give sight to the blind. And this is spiritual as well as physical. But he wanted to give us something that can change our lives, that can remove the darkness with the light of his goodness, the light of his power, not just any power. The power of God who created the heavens and the earth and the power of God who stretched it out and can defeat all of those things that cause us to sit in the dungeon and cause us to sit in places of darkness, of all of the sin and evil that presses down on us, Jesus came to defeat that. And he said he had to go, but he wouldn't leave you. And how did he say that he wasn't going to leave us? He would send his spirit. 
he sends the Holy Spirit. This is evidenced further in scripture where we talk about it. And there's John 14 that I, I just referenced, but also in 1 Corinthians 3.16, as well as Ephesians 1, 13 through 14. It talks about how this God's spirit dwells in us to those who believe. And that's a way that God says, I am active. I'm here now. I'm going to guide you into this new thing. Did you hear the word new thing? Well, this is the last part of what God tells us in verse 9. He says, Behold, the former things have come to pass, and new things I now declare. Before they spring forth, I tell you of them. Two key points here. He says, The former things have come to pass, meaning all the things he promised in the past have happened. Like he said that he was going to bring the Messiah who would die for all sins, who would raise up our iniquity on the cross for us. And that is what he did. And he defeated death. So he said that they would come to pass and they did come to pass. He also said it would be a new thing. The new thing was Jesus because nobody expected him to come in that way exactly. He also says, before they happen, I will tell you. So before they happened, God spent many, many years, hundreds of years, laying down little details in the scripture, saying this is what the Messiah will look like. This is who Jesus will be. But what Jesus does when he walked the earth, he did the same thing, a new thing he now declared. And he told us before it would happen. The new thing is that the Spirit of God wouldn't come upon the earth only. He would come within us and he would guide us into all truth every day, any time that you want to be willing to hear his voice and to do the things that he calls us to do because he's saying he, that is how he will not leave us as orphans. So I love all of this. It's kind of a little bit deep, um, but I love the way that God tied Isaiah 42 in the Old Testament to the New Testament, but also how the language just helps us remember that God is our creator and he is God and he is active in our lives and he wants to guide us in our day and wants to help us to love others. And there's no one like God. And we can declare that he is doing a new thing and we can be guided by that new thing in us, which is the Holy Spirit. So how do we respond to all of these discoveries that I've described today? Well, the way that God describes it in this Isaiah 42, the people began to sing and praise and declare that he is God. So they were singing to the Lord a new song. They were lifting up their voices. This is in verses 10 through 13. They're shouting from the tops of mountains and they're declaring his praise from the coastlands. So everywhere, God describes how people are singing praise. We don't have an indication that everything has been corrected yet. And they may still have hard circumstances, but they're going to declare the praises of God. The second way we can respond is that we can ask God to help us see and believe that he really is active in our day today. See, our passages reveal that God is the creator of the heavens and the earth, that he's actively involved throughout history and in our lives today. But what I really hope that you can ask God or seek to believe or really ask God to help you believe that he's not far away, and it's not the distant past. It is now. He's right here now. Jesus said he has not left us as orphans. 
See, God is present today, and I hope you can see that. The scripture comes alive, but you have to spend time with him to see how he's guiding and encouraging you through the scripture, but also through the goodness of his Holy Spirit that is in us, because that's God talking to you. Jesus says, my sheep will know my voice, which means he's talking to us. The spirit of truth guides into all truth. That means the spirit guides us into what we need to know today. That's important. That's exciting because he shows us his light to those around us and in our lives today. God is personal. He wants to spend that time with you. And just as he wants to open the eyes of the blind and bring the prisoners out of the dungeon and those who sit in darkness, he wants to do that for you. He wants to lead the blind in a way that do not, they do not know, and in paths they have not known, but he will guide them. This is what he says in verse 16. He wants to lead any of us who are blinded, any of us that don't know the way. He wants to guide us on a path that we may not know, but he does. In this last part of the verse of this chapter, I really want you to hear, God declares, I will turn the darkness that is in front of us into light, in the rough places into level ground. Then he says, these are the things I do, and I do not forsake them. See, God wants to turn your darkness into light, your rough places into level ground. And what we hear him say is, these are the things I do. I do not forsake them. See, God says, this is who I am. This is what I do. Even in the harsh realities of our daily circumstances, our relationships, or even the events in the world. See, God, God is not far off. He's right here. He tells us when we believe in Jesus, he comes to dwell inside of us. And he wants to guide us, giving us insights and understanding about what's happening in front of us. What is happening in the world, God, today? Help me understand this. See, God wants to bring the light of his love into your relationships too. God wants to walk with you, taking you by the hand and guiding you toward a new place of peace and rest in your days. See, just as God promises to rescue those who sit in darkness, he says that he will do it by turning that darkness into light and again, the rough places into level ground. That's what he wants to do for you. So as we close today, I hope you can also take with you this truth about God. He says, these are the things I do, and I do not forsake them. God describes himself this way in both the Old Testament and the New Testament. It's who he is. God is active, God is loving, and God is with you. And God wants to guide you into the goodness of his light. So I will pray for you this day. And I just declare and I ask and I ask God, today we praise you that you are God who rescues and saves. And we sing a new song to you today because we know you turn darkness into light. So God, we ask you to show us your light in our days, in our relationships, in our circumstances. And God, sometimes I'm not sure how to find you or to see you, see your light in my day. So I ask you to show me your light. I ask you to show me something in my day that points right back to these words that we 
looked at today. And God, please help me to love you with all of my heart so that I can love others well. God, we love you. We thank you. We just pray that this light can shine into our days. And we just pray that this light continues to push back. And as you described today, to turn the darkness away and turn it into light. We thank you so much. And thank you today for joining us on Godcast, where we cast the light of God into a dark world. Blessings unto you.